Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slash Her, a delusional look into all things spooky, kooky, terrifying, and sickly. I'm Stormy. <laughs> and I'm Adrian. Honestly, the past two months have been filled with more germs than the past two years have, and I'm over it. So many germs. I'm tired of it. Uh, but yeah, everybody, hi. This is, I guess, officially our second week of our spooky season month. Mm, so um, sad. It had of all times, <laughs> all the times for this to happen. It had to happen during spooky season. But honestly, honestly, it is so busy this month, anyways, that like I don't want to say it's like any type of blessing because I would rather be doing anything else than being sick. But honestly, it was like a nice break because I actually got to like sit back and like watch a whole bunch of stuff and catch up on so but uh, you know, a whole bunch of stuff and so many things. I'm uh, not talking about that this week. We'll talk about that for next week's episode because there's a lot, a lot that's happened this month. Halloween Kills dropped, the Chucky shows dropped, the I Know What You Did Last Summer shows dropped, uh, the Slumber Party Massacre movie dropped. It's been busy. Um, I've been keeping up with all of it through antibiotics and all, through coughing and all, through phlegm and all. I've been keeping up with all of it. So it's been nice that I've actually been able to sit down and watch everything. But this week we're dedicating our time to some creepy pastas. Uh, it was, I think it was two weeks ago that we mentioned it, but we've been planning this episode for, since we since started. March, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, now I'm nervous. Cause I'm like, what if we waited all this time and she's a flop? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Creepy pastas are just like, so creepy. It's in the word, you know? So I think people are going to enjoy hearing us at least discuss some of our favorite creepypastas because it's one of those things also where like, I feel like they're still happening. Like you can go to the no sleep Reddit and people are still posting like new versions of creepypastas constantly. But we, you know, decided to tackle some of our all time faves um, and just kind of discuss a few things. And if you guys enjoy this episode, we can definitely come back to them because again, they're constantly going like maybe we can even do like a like a recent uh, posting. I don't know, like just read like the newest stories that are popping up on No Sleep. Like, I, cause I really enjoy pastas. There was a time when I would go to work and I would sit in the corner in my little cubicle hiding out and I would have No Sleep up for eight hours a day, every day. And I would just be reading creepypastas constantly. So I am obsessed with them, which is funny that it's taken us this long to talk about them, but I love them. Right, me too. I've loved them I remember like staying up late in like high school, like early high school and just reading them and scaring the shit out of myself to the point where it was like three o'clock in the morning. And then you have to wait till four because it's the witching hour and you're not going to fucking leave during the <laughs> witching hour. And it's four in the morning. And now I'm scared because I've been reading since fucking 8 p.m. <laughs> fucking horror stories. And when I travel now, not while I drive, but um, like if I fly at any point, I listen to the No Sleep podcast um so good so good do recommend i'm sure we're not the ones to fucking drop the news on that podcast but if you have not listened do recommend speaking of no sleep podcast um i was a part of a project with creepy pizza recently um where one of the narrators of the no sleep podcast uh, lent their voice talents um so definitely reach out or definitely run to youtube um because i had i was flabbergasted when they asked me to do a little a little blurb a little moment because i was like not my gay <laughs> like trying to be fucking stevie trying to be fucking from the fog like i was just trying my hardest to be so sexy and i was like i'm just so gay tara reads over the radio <laughs> waves yeah definitely i was trying to give some stevie wayne uh some adrian barbo from the fog but i was definitely giving some tara week uh some tara reed from urban legend <laughs> if anything um but yeah it's great it's amazing it's an amazing little short it's a double feature so go check it out they're amazing i like we've been obsessed with them for the longest and i was definitely honored but yeah that was a quick i guess plug since you mentioned the no sleep podcast hot i love that for you but yeah creepy bosses are amazing like they're really like the modern version of urban legends pretty much and i mean we've, i'm sure i've talked about it before but like back in the day i used to literally read urban legends and print them off and like take them to school and make everybody read with me. <laughs> so creepypastas, when they started to kind of become like really 
popular. I was obsessed with them. Obviously, Slender Man uh, is like probably one of the biggest creepypastas, I would say. So when that oh, stuff, yeah. yeah. So when he really started to blow up and that video game really started to blow up, I like that's really when I was introduced to creepypastas was courtesy of the Slender Man video game. Um, the indie horror game that had come out many years ago. So honestly, I think I had recorded myself playing it uh, with one of my dear friends and we recorded our reactions playing the game. I don't know where that footage is at this point, but like it was just, a, it was a good time. So I love creepypastas. No. They're near and dear to my heart. So love them. Me too. Um, I don't have like recent memories with them, mainly just like the No Sleep podcasts. And I mean, I list, I read them at work if it's like super slow um but like I work in a basement of a oh. building and I'm just not I'm not trying to set myself up for those vibes you know I'm more than more than happy to set up those vibes at home but for some reason being stuck in the basement of a building that like I can't easily escape from? yeah no <laughs> work <laughs> I'm good <laughs> but if a tornado comes you're safe Hmm. Unless, like, the entire building collapses on me, then... <laughs> oh, know. yeah, that's also going to be a struggle. I cannot work in the basement. That freaks me out just thinking about it. Yeah. That's why my service is so bad. I never see the sun. My depression is thriving in this basement. But, you know, all for the fucking money. All for the dollar, man. The almighty dollar. Capitalism is strong. <laughs> So everything for the dollar, for sure. But you know what, creepypastas, let's definitely get into them because I'm so excited to talk about them. We're not going to beat around the bush this week because I'm sluggish and I don't want to edit too much. So let's get into these creepypastas. Let's bring to the table what we want to talk about and have a good time. Uh, Before we get started, I just want to say... Um, I don't have any credits for my personal ones. I will look them up and I'll drop them in our show notes because um, I don't want to, I don't want it because I am reading mine word for word. I'm not going to lie. Um, I think with stuff like this though, that's super cool to do. Oh yeah, for sure. But I do want to give the writer credit. Um, so I will drop those in our show notes whenever this posts. Yeah. Cause also, I mean, again, I, you know, contrary to popular belief, don't feel like talking too much today. <laughs> Uh, so I wrote one of my favorite stories, uh, and I'm reading it word from word. I'm reading the original text that was posted back in the day onto the interwebs. So yeah, but like, yeah, like I was saying, like with creepypastas and with urban legends, I think just kind of retelling them in like the original form almost is probably the best way to really get the spooky factor across. So I'm hyped. I'm scared. I'm ready to like throw myself down the stairs after this episode. Uh, Hot. Can't wait. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. So if you're enjoying the podcast so far, definitely look into giving us a rating. It would be really, really beneficial. We're open to ideas and feedback. It really goes a long way. So go ahead and look into giving us a rating. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and many more places. But for now, let's go ahead and get back to the show. Alrighty, we are back. So we're definitely driving into, or driving in. We're oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Speaking of things to catch up, not to like completely sideline, uh, but I started Dragula, the fourth season as well. And there's like a prank that they do on there with this car. And like they're sitting down and there's like a car at the end of the hall and they like speed all the way to them. And I don't know what the mechanics are involved, but it literally stops like right on there, like right here at their face freaks me out so quick sideline there but yeah we're back and we're talking creepypastas so creepypastas of course are horror related legends or stories that tend to originate on the internet the exact origins of creepypastas are unknown but the term was coined around 2007 on the image board 4chan the word is obviously a combination of creepy and copypasta Copypastas are blocks of text that are usually copied and then pasted throughout the internet in a spam or troll-like way. You definitely see it memed as well. Those are very, like, memeable things. Um, But initially, creepypastas can be looked at as 
modern urban legends, like we said a bit earlier, an example of these stories may even date back to the 90s. Uh, Jessica Roy, who wrote for Time magazine, brought up in an argument at one point that chain emails that were shared in the 90s and posted to internet forums were probably what she would say was like some of the earliest forms of creepypastas. Um, but on the opposite end of that, Aja Romero of the Daily Dot stated that, in their opinion, Ted the Caver was probably the most well-known early example of an actual creepypasta, because that was posted to Angel Fire, which is a website that offers like internet service uh, mm-hmm. or internet services, such as like blog building and creating photo galleries. And it's still up. You can still go read the story on Angel Fire. Um but uh, this story wasn't originally posted back in 2001. And it's just a detailed first person perspective of like a horrific cave exploring experience. Um, so as these types of stories started to become more frequent on the internet, uh, mostly posted at near, I guess, or mostly kind of gained a lot of popularity on 4chan as well. Uh, but more dedicated websites, forums and stuff started to kind of pop up. There's creepypasta.com, creepypasta wiki, the no sleep subreddit. That means Stormy are psychotic people that frequent frequently <laughs> but yeah creepy process man i mean and over the years of course initially copying and pasting of these stories has kind of faded out and now you kind of see not always but now you kind of see more authorship and ownership becoming like really important aspects of these stories especially like no sleep when you read these stories now usually at the end like they'll have a link to the author's web page or like um the author's book on amazon like although they're still posted in like a traditional sense on forums and stuff now ownership of these stories is really becoming more prevalent um but yeah creepypastas and we kind of discussed our history with them but do you recall maybe like what the first creepypasta was that you had ever like heard or read about um i don't want to be cheesy and say slender man but i really do think it was slender man or the russian sleep experiment because the russian sleep experiment was sold so fucking hard as like a true story and like it's so long that like I believe it <laughs> yeah the same <laughs> it's like it's just super fucking long that like i didn't make it through the story like completely for like a while honestly <laughs> it's scary and maybe not even like the russian sleep experiment uh experiment like exactly but i definitely feel like things like that probably do happen um but yeah that one's super popular i mean uh, Stranger Things definitely kind of has like that vibe to it as well, yeah. um, just with like the laboratory and the experimentations on these children. And as the seasons progress, I mean, Russians become involved in like these experiments. Uh, so Stranger Things definitely um, has like a lot of play off of that creepypasta, which is crazy. I mean, that just shows you how big some of these stories have become and like how often they're retold and shared because I mean, something is popular. Stranger Things, of course, plays into it. Um, but yeah, Slender Man was definitely my first thing. Back in the day, I was always watching Let's Plays on YouTube. So when people started playing that game, um, I definitely started to frequent these websites at that point when I looked up Slender Man and was reading on it and saw those ridiculous, obviously now, Photoshop pictures of Slender Man. <laughs> right. But back then I was like shitting bricks and like was just freaking out. Probably still wanted his slender fingers inside of me, but was still like oh. a little uncomfortable. Adrian. Um but yeah, that definitely was my favorite or my first introduction to creepypastas. For sure. Um, I feel like that was honestly a lot of people's introduction to creepypasta just because it blew up so much um, that it was it just became mainstream, especially if like people before Twitch, a lot of people were watching P- gamers like PewDiePie and stuff like that. Right. And PewDiePie made bank off that fucking Slenderman game. And so even if they were just like into gaming, like it was starting to leak over into that and then cause more curiosity. Um, So I feel like Slenderman's kind of like the gateway creepypasta. Definitely. It definitely feels like the granddaddy of creepypastas, perhaps, (laughs) just because of how big it got. I mean, there's a Mm -hmm. movie on him. There was, of course, the entire murder case, a murder case surrounding a true crime podcast were quaking. Uh, So, yeah, it's definitely something that I can attribute to my introduction to creepypastas. And I mean, the fascination and the obsession just grew from there, girl. For sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, do you kind of feel like with mainstream intention, like creepypastas maybe aren't as 
scary now because I feel like the believability with a lot of these stories now is kind of faded um I think we have access to a lot of we have so I don't know how to explain it like horror is easily accessible and uh with like the rise of internet and I'm not saying like <laughs> I'm not saying like that creepypasta came at like the beginning of the internet but I mean that <laughs> everything is connected to the internet. You know what I mean? Like literally your house is connected to the internet. So horror is just so easily accessible that I feel like written word in general, whether it's online or if it's physical media is kind of just lost its uh, luster maybe. Right. And so I think a lot of us are more scared and more stimulated by visual media when it comes to horror. Um. But if it's written correctly, like, I'm still shaking in my boots. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I feel like it's lost its popularity for sure. But. Yeah. But yeah, written horror to me is probably the scariest type of horror. Like, I know visual horror, you know, a big thing, obviously. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sitting down and like reading something is like so frightening because, I mean, it allows your mind to wander so I definitely, I definitely think that's something that, you know, even with urban legends, that's kind of where the scare is held is like in your imagination. Mm-hmm. So just like imagining these things being real and imagining these stories actually, you know, being something that these random users on a forum are posting about is terrifying. It's really scary. I think that has a lot to say with like how you came into the horror community though. Because I know that you grew up reading like goosebumps fear street stuff like that right um so i feel like that's the case for us that grew up with creepypastas and grew up with physical media um like written media so i i don't know i mean maybe we need to ask somebody of the I younger talk to generation some children. yeah see. i definitely want to talk to some children maybe some gen zers right like i want to know like if there's still like and i'm sure there is like i'm sure there's still like a heavy fascination for creepypastas but like yeah girl like 10 12 years ago like it was the ticket like creepypastas were it even in my know nothing horseback riding high school like people were talking about these creepypastas and so like they were really, they really were the thing back when I was in high school. So I don't know if they're as discussed now in like younger crowds, but I'd be very interested to know if it's something that still, you know, holds popularity. Maybe in our second episode, because I'm sure we'll have more than one fucking creepypasta episode. I'm maybe already loving in, it. <laughs> maybe in our future episodes, we can bring somebody on, uh, maybe of like Corey Corey's like age group and see how that is. I want a horror historian. I want a horror historian. <laughs> wow. Want... Murderino, where are you at? <laughs> Cause I just definitely want to just I definitely want to dive into just seeing, I guess, like the modern thought process behind these creepypastas. Cause even, I mean, honestly, although I'm obsessed with them, I will say probably within the last few years, I have also fallen out of like being super obsessed with them. Um, not to say I still don't find them interesting. And, you know, I might still find myself on no sleep every now and then, but Mm -hmm. like, like you said, the luster and like my fascination behind them surely has fallen off. Um, So I just want to know if that's something that maybe is happening for others. Right. Hmm. But yeah, have to see. We'll have to see. TBD. But let's go ahead and go over what we brought to the table today. Some of our personal faves. Um, So Storm, if you want to start off with your first story. Okay, I'll let you pick. Do you want The Rake or My Rich American Family? Um, The Rake is a classic. So I definitely would like to do that one later. Um, I haven't heard uh, maybe of The Rich Family one. So we can start there. (laughs) Let me, I'm actually going to pull it up on my phone because I'm blind. So (laughs) give me just a second. I was prepared, but (laughs) honestly, it's probably about a white family. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) when you said that, I thought of a rich white family. So I'm terrified already. I wish I had like the voice that they have. It feels like very like Zach Beggins where he's like, I have been fighting demons my whole life. I wish I, just, I could sound like that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. You're going to hear my dorky ass voice like, wow, this is really scary. My tongue is shaped like a dick. My, <laughs> a dick in my mouth constantly, so. All right. 
So this is my rich American family. I am part of a rich American family in a rich American suburb full of rich American people. Life is hell. Every morning, me and the rest of the wives get up around 5 a.m. sharp, 15 minutes of jogging around the neighborhood, five minutes in the shower, set to cold, 20 minutes for hair and makeup, and then five to get dressed. If we've managed in that time, meaning no later than 545, we might be allowed solid food with our coffee. We live in suburbia. It's white, wealthy, and contained. We aren't allowed to leave. My family are the Rogers, the husband, the boy, and the girl. Clean, cook, and tidy. Pack lunches, wave goodbye to girl and husband and boy. Water the plants, change the beds, clean and tidy. Wave hello to the children and husband. Cook, clean, and tidy. Pray, go to bed. Sometimes my husband will gesture for me to get on my back so he can fuck me, communicating with, on your back, get on your back, just like that. God, yes, God, like I'm a slow child or an animal. When he's done, he rolls over and snores. Socializing with one another isn't encouraged, but neither is it outright banned. We have conversations with our neighbor's wives consisting entirely of small talk. We might get lunch in the ladies' cafe with a friend. Or while the kids are at school and our husband is at work, we may get snatched a few. <laughs> Sorry. Or while the kids are at school and our husband is at work, we may spend a few a snatched few minutes licking cunt just out of sight of the porch windows. <laughs> it's not perfect. It's not even good most of the time, but it's something. A demonstration that underneath all of those pink lipstick smiles and chipper voices and per- perfectly coiffed hairdos, we aren't alone. Those pink lipstick smiles never reach the eyes. John Rogers likes blondes with blue eyes, snub noses, and beguiling features. He likes them in five foot seven to five foot ten height bracket. He likes them thin with almost androgynous bodies and aged between 20 and 26 years old. If any of these things change or we grow too old, he calls up the agency and requests a new model. They tell me now my name is Lana Mar- Rogers. It's not. I don't know how many Lana Rogers there were before me. But the boy and the girl are both teenagers, so there must have been a few. What I do know, however, is that I was born on the 19th of November, 1990. I turned 26 today. Since my mind was wiped clean during conditioning, I'd say that my first memory is being inside of the plush agency car as we pulled up outside Roger's house. You remember this, right? Said the man sat in the back seat with me. You do remember. Yes, I said. They'd shown me lots of pictures of it. I was let out of the car. I walked up the manicured green lawn to the front door, opened it, and went straight to the kitchen. Boy and girl were sat in there doing their homework. They looked up when I entered. Hi, Mom. Hi, sport. Hello, darling. What's for lunch? I knew how to answer this. I had been grilled on it over and over again. With one of those pink lipstick smiles, I went to the refrigerator and opened it up. What would you like? My husband had called the agency six weeks in advance as per protocol, and they'd selected and abducted me from, well, wherever I was from. Most of the specifics of the training regimen and conditioning are lost to me now, but I sometimes get flashes of it. Nonstop music, talking, pictures, and crushing hunger. But that doesn't matter. <clears throat> I'd been the Watcher's wife and mother for a week when I saw Janet Brown. On some coincidence, we'd gone back into our back gardens to water the flowers at the same time. Mr. Brown likes redheads. He likes them in the five foot four to five seven range. He likes them thin but curvy. Good morning, she said. Good morning, I said. We smiled. Our eyes met and locked in a stare, and I noticed something that sent a thrill through my stomach. Her smile, unlike all the other pink lipstick lives that I'd seen, was red as sin. I really don't know if I had the capacity to want a woman before I came a wife, but after a few days of tentative courtship, though, when Janet hopped the fence, cut my jaw, and stood on her tiptoes to kiss me, I found myself kissing her right back. Life became brighter after that. My goodbyes to the Rogers in the morning became a touch more enthusiastic because I knew that once we were gone, I'd be able to go out in the garden and be with Janet till they came home. Sometimes we'd make love. It was a way to forget to not feel alone. Lana and Janet against suburbia. Years ticked by. Time, we fell in love. She reached forward to brush a lock lock of hair out of my face with her thumb. And then with that devastating red smirk, she said, not like that. I don't like you like that. 
you're beautiful, but I've done things with a wife before and you're different than her. I've known you for this long and I actually like you. Our expiration dates came closer. One evening, a van pulled up outside the brown house. It drove away not long after. And the following morning, when I went into the back garden to meet Janet, she wasn't there. Good morning, I said to the green-eyed brunette with a button nose and the smirk with what, who was watering the plants. She gave me a pink lipstick smirk, a fucking pink lipstick smirk. Good morning. Janet had been replaced. She was gone, and I was never going to see her there again. Stood there in that moment, I could have fallen to my knees and rushed up the coffee I had for breakfast. But that wouldn't do, so I picked up the watering can and forced myself to ask, how are you this morning? Slowly but surely, I was becoming old news. Sour milk. Dead meat. John Rogers, who had once left me sore with the urgency of his fucking, was begin to grow tired of me. I burned dinner that night, and for the first time in history, John got to his feet, slammed me face first into the dining table, and screamed himself hoarse as the Zaboyan girl sat and watched. Later, when everyone's sleeping, he went to the telephone. I remember lying there in the dark, clutching. I remember there lying in the dark, clutching my bruised face, curling up into myself, trying to breathe. What if he was calling the agency? Then John came in and got in the bed beside me. He told me, don't do it again. I won't, I said, I won't. And though it might have made life a little bit easier for me, I couldn't bring myself to pursue the new Janet Brown. No matter how much like my Janet she might have looked, she was too different. Or perhaps she was too much like everyone else with her pink eyes, pink mouth, and dead eyes. Our neighbors on the other side were the Millers, and they were small and fat. <laughs> fat husband, fat boy, fat boy too, and fat baby. The only member of that family who wasn't fat was the wife, Susan. She was practically an Amazon. Susan's the only wife I've ever known to go crazy. About a year ago, John and I were woken late at night by shouting. We looked at each other, united by our confusion, before rushing downstairs and then outside to see what had gone on. The Millers had an annual hog roast, you see. Every family on the street was invited. We'd gather around the charcoal pit after a few hours of forced laughing and socializing, and Susan would carve us slices of salty pig flesh to eat. The meat that sat on their manicured lawn looked a lot less appealing than usual, though. Fat, sweaty flesh, greasy brown hair, and round glasses that had somehow remained on his face, even though the ordeal he'd been through. A screw had been pushed up through his ass, the end with which stuck out of his mouth in a glistening red point. You should have ordered the stupid thing in advance, Susan was screaming. <laughs> she paced up and down the Mr. Miller's skewered corpse, running her hands through her hair, it won't come in time, you stupid pig. I had to do this. I had no choice. This is your fault. About a minute passed, John and I watching in stunned silence before the white van pulled up outside and four men in black came rushing out. Susan was tackled, cuffed, and then hoisted to her feet and dragged into the van. She kicked and shrieked the whole way. No, the roast today. I'm the hostess. I'm a good hostess. Put me down. We could hear her even as she was driven off down the street. The body was taken away. The fat boys and fat babies were taken away. A new family moved in about three weeks later. John muttered something about screenings for mental illnesses and wives and that the methods of conditioning needed to be changed. I never saw Susan again. Now it's my turn and I can only sit and wait. The local police are in the agency's pocket and I wouldn't be surprised if their influence spreads even farther than that because money is power. But they don't have you all, do they? They don't have your minds. And even if I can't remember who I am, somewhere out there might. You've got my description, my date of birth, and you know about when I went missing. If that connects with anyone or if you know someone that could be me, then tell my family I love them and that I'm sorry. I bet I thought of them a whole lot during the agency's conditioning. Or if I didn't have a family, then tell my friends the same thing. I must have had something. I must have had someone. The van just pulled outside. They're here. I have to go. Ooh, so spooky. <laughs> So America. <laughs> so America. It oh, is. Sorry. No, that terrifies me because as I grow old, I mean, probably trauma, trauma response. <laughs> but like as my memory kind of fades of like some stuff, stuff like that kind of worries me. Like you never really know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm with a white person. <laughs> oh my God. What Did he order you? Say? Right. Was I ordered? Mm. I don't know. I'm throwing myself down the stairs. I think <laughs> I, I can't be conditioned. I'm, right. I don't know. I like that one a lot because it's it's not like the traditional like somebody lost in the woods 
and there's a creature type of thing. Um, I just feel like it's a little bit more like, I don't know, not psychological, but that's the only fucking word that I can think of is that it's creepy. Like there could be these steps from separate wives, people that are out there in suburbia, like, and John can just order his wife away because she's crazy. Yeah, it definitely gives a Stepford Wives vibe for sure, especially because like when you think of like like Stepford Wives, like they 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 do they stay in the home, I guess you know what I'm saying. Like they don't interact much with other people. You don't know much about them. They don't work, uh, so they could be aliens. They could be from the agency. It's really creepy. It's really creepy to think about. And suburbia is terrifying, anyways. Just. <laughs> The normal whites are insane. It's creepy. It really is creepy. Like, it really is a terrifying thing. Like, when you're driving down a neighborhood and every house is, like, the same. Looks, oh, my God. Terrifying, right? Scary. And you think about stuff like this, you're like, these people can't be real. Like, they can't be real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like a lot of them are, like, show houses for the agency. (laughs) (laughs) They probably are. Honestly, that shit scares the fuck out of me. I love that. I'm past this age range already, though, so maybe I'm good. <laughs> We've already expired. They don't want us. I mean, I'm 26, so I'm, like, at the end of the range, so. Yeah, I, I already expired. Shower milk. <laughs> if you just went missing one day and I was like, Stormy? <laughs> Stormy, where'd you go? And then, like, I end up, like, in, I don't know, Idaho or something. And, like, I'm just, like, this random suburban neighborhood. And I just saw you there hanging out. And that uh-huh. would freak me out. I couldn't. What if I was just like dressed up all like pinup style and I was like cooking pies and shit? I would cry. All my tattoos cry. have been lasered off. I'd probably punch you. A few times. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I'd like wake up and just start. Oh, okay. I mean, you. maybe take a picture. Is it going to. Is- Maybe the Jordan Peele approach. Maybe. I would just like find some animated porn or something of like Jason fucking Freddy or something. And be like, star me. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> you just show me pictures of Billy the puppet. And I just. That pic- yeah, that picture of that porcelain Billy on the tricycle. <laughs> I take the deepest <laughs> breath and I start fighting my family. <laughs> I'll just put on saw. I'll put on the first saw and just turn it up and be like, star me. This is the real you. Well, if I was like this one, I would be gobbling anybody's dick or vagina that uh, wasn't my husband. So. <laughs> so sore from being fucked. That is so creepy. I love that story. I haven't heard that one specifically. It definitely gives like the Stepford Wives vibe for sure. Mm-hmm. But I've never heard that. So very creepy. Where did you find that one? On um, Creepy Pasta Wiki. That's where both of my came from. I figured most people expect me to bring like an icky story so <laughs> i brought something else yeah that one was very subdued very creepy i'm going to be throwing myself down the stairs after this because <laughs> i yeah creepy as fuck okay well let me get into my one little dish that i brought my one little ditty um so i wanted to pretty much go through candle cove um it's one of my favorite creepy pastas it's one of the earlier creepypastas that I remember like reading about. And around the time that I had first read the story, it was around the time that it was like first posted. So it was kind of fresh when I had read it. Um, so it's always been something that's really stuck out to me. I mean, Channel Zero, obviously on Shudder, its first season is pretty much like a, again, like a play on this creepypasta. So I've always been obsessed. So I definitely wanted to kind of just go through the original posting of this story. Because although it's kind of like, been altered and changed a few times as it's been reposted uh Mm -hmm. i wanted to kind of go back to the original um so now unlike most creepypastas candle cove it can be traced back to the original author um, even with the original posting um it was posted by chris straub um who had initially put it on the iker falls website i believe back on march 15th of 2009 uh which is a site of course that's dedicated to like short horror stories Uh, But I'm going to go ahead and kind of go through the initial posting. So let's kind of retell the spooky story. Mm, I'm excited for the spookies. Okay. So this was posted on Net Nostalgia Forum. In the television sub-portion, I suppose. So user Skyshell033 starts. Subject, 
Candle Cove, local kids show, question mark. Does anyone remember this kids show? It was called Candle Cove, and I must have been six or seven. I never found reference to it anywhere, so I think it was on a local station around 1971 or 1972. I lived in Ironton at the time. I don't remember which station, but I do remember it was on at a weird time, like 4 p.m. User Mike underscore Painter 65. It seems really familiar to me. I grew out. Uh, oops, I grew up outside of Ashland and was nine years old in 1972. Candle Cove. Was it about pirates? I remember a pirate marionette at the mouth of a cave talking to a little girl. Skyshell 033. Yes, okay, I'm not crazy. I remember Pirate Percy. I was always kind of scared of him. He looked like he was built from parts of other dolls. Real low budget. His head was an old porcelain baby doll. Looked like an antique that didn't belong on the body. I don't remember what station this was. I don't think it was WTSF though. Um, so the next posting didn't have a username. Sorry to resurrect this old thread, but I know exactly what you mean, Skyshell. I think Candle Cove ran for only a couple months in 71, not 72. I was 12, and I watched it a few times with my brother. It was Channel 58, whatever station that was. My mom would let me switch to it after the news. Let me see what I remember. It took place in Candle Cove, and it was about a little girl who imagined herself to be friends with pirates. The pirate ship was called laughing stock and pirate percy wasn't a very good pirate because he got scared too easily and there was kaleo music constantly playing don't remember the girl's name janice or jade or something i think it was janice skyshell 033 thank you jaren person must have been called jaren thank you jaren memories flooded back when you mentioned the laughing stock and channel 58 I remember the bow of the ship was a wooden smiling face with the lower jaw being submerged in the water. It looked like it was swallowing the sea and it had that awful Ed Wine voice and laugh. I especially remember how jarring it was when they switched from the wooden plastic model to a foam puppet version of the head that talked. User Mike underscore painter 65. Haha, I remember now too. Do you remember that part, Skyshell? You have to go inside. Skyshell. Ugh, Mike, I got a chill reading that. Yes, I remember. That's what the ship always told Percy when there was a spooky place he had to go in, like a cave or a dark room where the treasure was. And the camera would push in on Laughing Stock's face with each pause. You have to go inside. With his two eyes askew and that flopping foam jaw and the fishing line that opened it and closed it. Ugh, it just looked so cheap and awful. You guys remember the villain? He had a face that was just like a handlebar mustache of a really tall, narrow teeth. <laughs> the user Kevin underscore heart. I honestly, honestly thought the villain was Pirate Percy. I was about five when the show was on. Nightmare fuel. User Jaren underscore 2005. That wasn't the villain. The puppet with the mustache. That was the villain's sidekick. Whore is horrible. He had a monocle too but it was on top of the mustache. I used, to that, I used to think that meant he had only one eye. But yeah, the villain was another marionette, the skin taker. I can't believe why they let this watch. Oh, oops. I can't believe that they let us watch this back then. Kevin underscore Hart. Jesus H. Christ, the skin taker. What kind of a kid show were we watching? I seriously could not look at the screen when the skin taker showed up. He would just descend with, uh, out of nowhere on his strings, just like a dirty skeleton wearing that brown top hat and cape, and his glass eyes that were too big for his school, uh, too big for his school. Christ Almighty, Skyshell, wasn't his top hat and cloak all sewn up crazily? Was that supposed to be children's skin? Mike Painter, yeah, I think so. Remember his mouth didn't open and close; his jaw would just slide back and forth. I remember the little girl asking one point. Asking at one point, why does your mouth move like that? And the skin taker didn't look at the girl. He looked directly at the camera and said, to grind your skin. Skyshell. I'm so relieved that other people remember this terrible show. I used to have this awful memory, a bad dream I had where the opening jingle would end. The show faded in from black and all the characters were there. But the camera was just cutting to each of their faces and they were just screaming. And the puppets and the marionettes were flailing spastically and just screaming. Lots of screaming. 
The girl was just moaning and crying like she had been through hours of hearing this. I woke up many times from that nightmare. I used to wet the bed when I had it. Kevin Hart. I don't think that was a dream. I remember that. I remember that was an episode. Sky Shell. No, 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 not possible. There was no plot or anything. I mean, literally just standing in place, crying and screaming for the entire show. Kevin Hart. Maybe I'm manufacturing the memory because you said that, but I swear to God, I remember seeing exactly what you described. Them just screaming. Jaren underscore 2005. Oh God, yes, the little girl Janice. I remember seeing her shake and the skin taker screaming through his gasling teeth, his jaw careening so wildly I thought it would come off of its wire hinges. I turned it off and that was the last time I watched. I ran to tell my brother and we didn't have the courage to ever turn it back on. Mike. So I visited my mom today at the nursing home. I asked her about when I was little in the early 70s, when I was eight or nine, and she remembered a kid's show called Candle Cove. She said she was surprised I could remember that, and I asked why. And she had said, I used to think that it was so strange that you would say, I'm going to go watch Candle Cove now, mom. And then you would just turn on the TV to static and just sit there and watch Dead Air for 30 minutes. You had a big imagination with your little pirate show. So that was Candle Cove. Um, definitely freaks me out. Again, it was like one of the, the first. Fuck? Yeah. One of the first creepypastas that I ever like remember reading. And I remember being so freaked out by it. Because I feel like that's something that happens so frequently where you have like memories come back from childhood. And just the, the thought of like, you know, having this creepy show that you remember watching and just connecting with others who remember it. But it like not being an actual show is terrifying. Like if I, if Alita was like, I'm going to go watch Ken- Kendall Cove from any type of fucking word. And I walk in there and she's watching Static. It'd be creepy. Mm-mm. Especially if then she was like. <laughs> We're removing all TVs from our house. Um, or she's just not going to have access to the TV anymore. Um, hard pass because somebody is talking to her through the TV. <laughs> and I'm not here for that. So, so terrifying. That also kind of gives me like. Uh, I remember there's also a story I it probably would could be defined as a creepypasta. I don't even remember where it like originated, but I know there's that story also of like that, um, like a television broadcast. Remember that was like really demonic that a few people remember seeing back in the day. So this always kind of gave me like a modern version of that story. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so creepy. It still like freaks me out when I think about this, like just the first off kids shows are scary in general. Like they freak mm-hmm. me out. Like they're yeah. just unsettling to me for some reason. I feel like Peppa Pig's the devil. Right. Somehow. Definitely the devil. I felt like, you know, Roly Polioli back in the day was a little bit. I loved Roly Polioli <laughs> when I was young. But like kids shows are so, like sometimes they're so simplistic that like it's kind of terrifying. Uh, and like, I think it's also the aspect, you know, of, I mean, like Dora the Explorer isn't scary, but like having these people breaking the fourth wall and like staring at you. And like talking mm-hmm. to you is like really unsettling. So the thing is something <laughs> this creepy, it just freaks me out. I love this yeah. story. I always expect Dora to like be staring at me and then be like, what's behind you? And then like <laughs> I would shit my pants. Girl. Very that. Have you seen Channel Zero on Shutter? Um, I've seen press for it, um, but I have not watched it. I remember that's the one with the teeth right yes like the person made of teeth okay cool yeah and the first season pretty much is again it's like a play on Candle Cove I have not seen it either I remember I watched the first episode when that first season came out and being like really freaked out by the first episode like I was really unsettled and I just didn't like have the guts to go back and keep watching it and it's kind of fallen off since then but I think in reading the story again I think I'm gonna try to watch it because just this whole entire story freaks me out yeah I got like goose pimples (laughs) you love pimples cute okay let's get into the rape because I'm terrified okay three years ago I had just returned from a trip to Niagara Falls with the family for the fourth of July We were all very exhausted after a long day of driving, so my husband and I put the kids right to bed and called it a night. At about 4 a.m., I woke up thinking my husband had gotten up to use the restroom. I used the moment to steal back the sheets, only to wake him in the process. 
I apologized and told him I thought he got out of bed. When he turned to face me, he gasped and pulled his feet up from the end of the bed so quickly, his knee almost knocked me out of the bed. He then grabbed me and said nothing. After adjusting to the dark for half a second, I was able to see what caused the strange reaction. At the foot of the bed, sitting and facing away from us, there was what appeared to be a naked man or a large hairless dog of some sort. Its position was disturbing and unnatural, as if it had been hit by a car or something. For some reason, I was not instantly frightened by it, but more concerned as to its condition. At this point, I was somewhat under the assumption that we were supposed to help him. My husband was peering over his arm and knee, tucked into the fetal position, occasionally glancing at me before returning to the creature. In a flurry of motion, the creature scrambled around the side of the bed and then crawled quickly in a flailing sort of motion right along the bed until it was less than a foot from my husband's face. The creature was completely silent for about 30 seconds, or probably closer to five. It seemed like a while, just looking at my husband. The creature then placed its hand on his knee and ran into the hallway, leading to the kids' room. I screamed. I ran for the light switch, planning to stop him before he hurt my children. When I got to the hallway, the light from the bedroom was enough to see it crouching and hunched over about 20 feet away. He turned around and looked directly at me, covered in blood. I flipped the switch on the wall and saw my daughter, Clara. The creature ran down the stairs while my husband and I rushed to help our daughter. She was very badly injured and spoke only once more in her short life. She said, he is the rake. My husband drove his car into a lake that night while rushing our daughter to the hospital. Neither of them survived. Being a small town, news got around pretty quickly. The police were helpful at first, and the local newspaper took a lot of interest as well. However, the story was never published, and the local television news never followed up either. For several months, my son Justin and I stayed in a hotel near my parents' house. After we decided to return home, I began looking for answers myself. I eventually located a man in the next town over who had a similar story. We got in contact and been talking, began talking about our experiences. He knew of two other people in New York who had seen the creature we now referred to as the rake. It took the four of us about two solid years of hunting on the internet and writing letters to come up with a small collection of what we believed to be accounts of the rake. None of them gave details, history, or follow-up. One journal had an entry involving the creature in its first three pages and then never mentioned it again. A ship's log explained nothing on the encounter, saying only that they were told to leave by the rake. That was the last entry in the log. There were, however, many instances where the creature's visit was one of a series of visits with the same person. Multiple people also mentioned being spoken to, my daughter included. This led us to wonder if the rake had visited any of us before our last encounter. I set up a digital recorder near my bed and left it running all night, every night for two weeks. I would tediously scan through the sounds of me rolling around in my bed each day when I woke up. By the end of the second week, I was quite used to the occasional sound of sleep while blurring through the recording at eight times the normal speed. On the first day of the third week, I thought I'd heard something different. When I found a sh What I found was a shrill voice. It was the rake. I can't listen to it long enough to even begin to tr transcribe it. I haven't let anyone listen to it just yet. All I know is that I've heard it before, and I now believe that it spoke when it was sitting in front of my husband. I don't remember hearing anything at the time, but for some reason, the voice on the recorder immediately brings me back to that moment. The thoughts that must have gone through my daughter's head make me very upset. I have not seen the rake since he ruined my life, but I know that he has been in my room while I slept. I know and fear that one night I'll wake up to see him staring at me. And that's the rake. So creepy. <laughs> so scary. I think I that one bothers me so much more now that I have a child. Yeah. Because I'm always, I've always been terrified of something like sitting at the edge of my bed, which was only made worse by like those chain letters, those chain letter texts back in the day. Right. <laughs> like, if you don't forward this to 10 people, there's going to be sitting at the edge of your bed. And I'm like, I don't have 10 friends. It was always a clown for me. There's going to be a clown at the end of your bed. Where like a little girl that was murdered by her mother. <laughs> Yeah, the rake is so creepy. The story always freaks me out. There's that famous picture of the rake that's on the internet as well. That's so creepy. And like, it gives me like skinwalker vibes almost. Yeah, that. And then like, whenever it mentions like a hairless dog, I instantly think of like the chupacabra. Ooh, also that. 
Oh, yeah. Definitely has like that vibe to it. So creepy. So fucking creepy. They freaks me out. Also, he like gives me like sleep the uh sleep paralysis. Oh yeah, because I thankfully I haven't in so long. I don't, have we told our stories about sleep paralysis on the podcast? Honestly, we've been doing this for so long, I feel like. I think we just feel like we it. have. But... Yeah, I remember I think I talked about like my sleep paralysis experiences back on our Oh my God, what episode was it? Maybe campfire stories. Maybe it was our campfire stories. But is that what the episode was called? I think so. I'm going to look. Um, But like, thankfully, my sleep paralysis has never been something at the edge of my bed. It's always been like the top corner of a bedroom. That shit freaks um, me out. Yeah. But like, if I saw something at the edge of my bed that wasn't my child, because that has had <laughs> happened multiple times. I've almost kicked my child directly in the face. And she's like chilling at the edge of my bed. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, I I would shit myself. Even if sleep paralysis, like I know I'd wake up being in a pile of shit because that's so scary. So terrifying. I don't know if I've told this specific sleep paralysis experience, but honestly, it's been so long. And with so many new listeners and also, hey, new listeners, a lot hey. of our like most recent episodes are doing like really well. So like, hey guys, um, but I remember one sleep paralysis like moment when I had first moved to Vegas and when me and my roommate were both just sleeping on mattresses in the living room floor of our apartment. I remember one night having like a really, really terrifying sleep paralysis, uh, sleep paralysis experience, but she was involved in it. My roommate, like I saw her get out of her bed and crawl around the walls. What? And yeah, but like, it wasn't her. I've never heard this story. Yeah, but it wasn't like her. And it, for me, I always account my sleep paralysis to the room turning red. Anytime the room I'm in turns red and I'm like, my eyes are wide awake and the room is just red. Uh, that's when I feel like I'm having my sleep paralysis moments uh, because I'm wide awake, but like, I can't do anything. I can't move. And like the room has a, and maybe it's not even red, but like, I just like sense it being red. Um, but every time that that would happen to me, that's when I would have my sleep paralysis experiences. Mm -hmm. And that was one, I think of the last experiences that I had, um, she she was like in the bed next to me in her own little mattress. And I was in my Mm -hmm. mattress and I woke up, couldn't move. And I was like, just staring. And again, the room turned like a deep red color and I attributed to being her, but like something kind of like rose out of her bed and it was just like a dark figure, but it like crawled up the wall. And it crawled obviously behind me immediately because it's always like a, a sense of I what's got a behind you. Stop I it. know, but like she it was like crawled up the wall and like went mm-hmm. behind me on the wall. Mm-mm. So obviously you know how it is with sleep paralysis. Like it's right. behind me, I can't really like see it. Right. Um, besides it being like a dark figure, and yeah, it crawled up behind the wall, and I remember just hearing it's like nails like on the wall, and I just felt like so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And in those moments, God is real. <laughs> And I'm like, you start praying as fast as you can. The devil, oh, not the devil, fuck. The Lord's (laughs) prayer. I'm like, the devil's prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. (laughs) Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Like, I've been training for this moment since. (laughs) Right. I'm not, I'm not, you know, having anal sex right now. God is good. to read me right help me in this moment but yeah that i'm was sorry like, for everything i've ever done i'll never do it again if you let me survive this moment <laughs> right i'm sorry for sinning i'm winning <laughs> but i'm sinning um but yeah so like I, that was probably one of the most freakiest things and like That's even the next terrifying. morning like i was like staring at her and just giving her like the side <laughs> you're all sketched out by her now you're like mm, i don't trust you i was bitch. like aren't you human or what's happening here or no but yeah, like that is always what the rake gives me. It gives me skinwalker. It gives me sleep paralysis yeah. demon. It gives me that kind of vibe. And that picture that's very famous of the rake, mm-hmm. uh, I, it's what I feel. That's what I feel like my sleep paralysis demon looks like. Um, Behind you. Yeah. Stop! That's not what it meant. I meant oh, like that's bitch. what you I picture you behind, behind me. You. I was like, what? <laughs> what do you oh, see I wish me? I need you to edit just that part out and post that. Like to the internet, this clip right now. But yes, you have to like put something over my face though, because I look ridiculous. (laughs) Honestly, I put a lot of a lot of trust in like the fact that we're not posting our video right now, because I show up in some fits, girl. Girl, I show up in. I was a tank top. I was in a tank top chilling. 
Hot. Sweaty. Forehead is sweaty. <laughs> um, oh yeah, so creepy. I love that story. I hate that you say like the red room turns red whenever you're in like a scary situation because that's one of her color. See red. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Boom. 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 I know has the like color changing rights in the room. So when I sleep in your room, I'm gonna change the lights to red, Google oh. and go to sleep. And that's Girl. the best sleep I've ever had. But now I'm gonna be terrified. Girl, I literally when I started uh, dating my partner and like he is all about the LED lights and now they're all over our house. Mm-hmm. Um, but like even when I would visit him in his house and everything, like when the lights were red and the sun was set, like it took the longest for me to be able to like sit in red lights comfortably. And he's always like, oh, red lights are the best when it's late. It's the easiest light to see in besides like, you know, bright white light. It's the easiest on the eyes. It's great. I always have red lights on. And I was like, I am scared. You do not understand like what I've been through. I am terrified. (laughs) And even now, like I still have issues now where like when I'm trying to sleep at night or if I'm watching some TV and I always just turn the lights red because it is the easiest on my eyes. Yeah. But like there's that slight moment where I'm like, is this going to be the night when my sleep paralysis returns? Right. So yeah, it's always freaks. It freaks me out always. But that was honestly the last time that I had like any major sleep paralysis. So, and that was like three and a half years ago now, four years ago. So I've been sitting pretty since then, but I'm always afraid that it may return. And see, people always attribute sleep paralysis and like the nature of it to like stress and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe I'm more stressed and anxious now than I've ever been. And I don't have those experiences. So I, I don't know if I like believe. Maybe it's fully. like, and I don't want to like call you out, but like, I feel like that was a very sad and transitional time in your life so then maybe for you it's like a depression maybe trigger maybe but again like I I feel like now I'm just as like anxious and whatnot as I was then uh maybe not I mean that was like a big transition like you said like I had just moved to Vegas but even before then just being back home I used to have it so frequently so I don't know I I really don't know Maybe Mm. it's my white lover. (laughs) He wards them off with his. (laughs) It's just like his skepticism. Like these spirits are just like, "Mm, let's move on. Not even skepticism. He's just more of a realist, I would say. But anytime we hear a noise, he's the first one to be like, what is that? Let's figure out what it is. And I'm like, he's fucking Scooby doing that shit. And me and Adrian are just ignoring it. Flashlights out. Uh -uh. Yeah, I can't. But I love Proby Pastas. I enjoyed this episode and I definitely want to get back into more of them because there's so many, like there's literally so many and we can dedicate. Maybe once we start a Patreon, we can have like a special, pa- a creepypastas episode once a month or something. Oh my God. Creepypasta. I tried to think of something that no week of the. Oh my God. Let's please do YouTube videos where we read creepypastas and just eat pasta. Oh my God. Let's have a creepypasta mukbang, mukbang every okay. month. When are YouTube? Oh starts? my God! Carby creepy pastas. <gasps> carbs and creeps. Carbs and carbs and creepy pasta. Creepy. creepy I like pasta carbs and carbs. creeps, and we can like have like a new pasta dish like every, uh, once a month, baby, <laughs> because I'm not that this creative. Week I, have, <laughs> I have gluten free. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be so fun! Let's when do Stormy it. moves to Vegas, not spo- spoiler alert, I guess. Oh, uh, oh. But when she it looks to moving up here. We definitely want to be able to do like more fun content like that when we're together and not just only, over Zoom. Only a couple more minutes. So imagine that I would live for that moment. Okay, we need to remind, we need to write this down. Behind you. Stop. There is a door <laughs> directly behind me. So it surprised me. <laughs> what would you do if like the door just opened and you just saw a hand came and slit my throat? What would you do? Um close the laptop, maybe. <laughs> You said hang up the phone. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see it. I do not see. I mm, okay. Mm. That's I mean my trauma response. Maybe call like, uh, the police. Um maybe. Maybe. Maybe just throw myself down the stairs. <laughs> Austin would not understand. So shout oh, out to him. a creepy pasta. Then he would go and post on the internet and be like, one day the footage disappeared from his laptop, but he came out of his room one day and he just threw himself down the stairs. <laughs> And his neck was snapped in four places. And I ran upstairs. His laptop was open. And I saw Stormy's 
dead body on the screen. And then somebody, a creepy face popped out in the door behind her. And then the footage just disappeared or something creepy. Trademark. Creepy pasta. Trademark. There we go. This the slasher pasta. This is our first. Uh... Our first creepy pasta? Yeah. Wow. I love our journey. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know what? <laughs> Great time. I'm definitely down to come back to creepypasta as my voice is slipping from me. Um, next week is going to be a great week. We're going to catch up on everything that we've been watching because it's been a lot. And we're going to be getting into Hell House, which Stormy has never seen. It's one of my new, like, recent favorite um, Halloween movies, horror movies. Uh, so I'm so excited for her to watch it. And also, we may do a little episode, a little discussion of Halloween Kills this month. Hmm. I think it's fair to give everybody that episode since we disappeared <laughs> for a bit. <laughs> um, so be on the lookout because, you know, we're going to kill it the next few episodes. We're going to end Spooky Season strong. Yes, we are. Peep, peep the tweets to keep up. Peep the tweets. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Stormy, let's wrap it up. Where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle at slash underscore her underscore pop. You can find us on pretty much every streaming platform, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and anything else. You can email us at slash pod at gmail.com. Um, stay spooky and stay well, guys. Stay spooky and stay well. Bye. Bye.